Bleacher Report released a new article titled Ranking NBA Bigs Under 25 with the Highest Ceilings. Two young Rockets were on that list, Alperen Shangoon and Jabari Smith Jr. We're going to talk about their ranks. Were they too high, too low? I'm going to let y'all know. Tap in. Enjoy. Slap show. It's OG Ross, C and DJ Candlestick. Shop stars, OVO gang. DJ Candlestick. One time for the home DJ school. So Bleacher Report made a list of their top 10 centers under 25 and uh, two of our young bucks are on there with Jabari and Shangoon. Now, just like, you know, with all potential videos or how high a guy's potential is, um, it's really not based on playing time. The way I look at it um, when I'm defining these types of uh, these types of uh, stories or writings or whatever is it's really based on if this guy based on their physical stature and attributes were to peak out and reach their maximum potential how good would they be right so you can tell with the guys like Wemby being 7-5 with all the dribbling shooting uh, he's going to get bigger etc cetera, etc cetera. you can imagine that he's going to become um, just like the super player maybe not he may just be a bust he may suck but we don't know but if you're talking about potential a lot of it has to do with physical attributes so I can see why they would put the Wemby's at the number one, the Zion, eh, you know what I mean? But we've seen Zion. Uh, it's really, Zion is amazing. He's, he's a really like a force in the NBA. I'm not really sure what his full potential is. Is he already peaked as a potential? Is there a world where he gets better? Maybe his shooting gets better. His defense gets better. He gets in shape, um, but really can't tell. The Chet thing, eh, you know what I mean? I, I think that's a bit of a reach. Evan Mobley's a reach in my opinion. There's really nothing physically dominant about him. I think Jaron Jackson at five is, is a bit too low for him because you've already seen something i give more credit to guys that i've seen some of their potential already now jabari at six right jabari at six and lp at eight um is that appropriate i honestly think potential wise yes i think jabari at six is um something that is a realistic uh spot for him on this list because once again my definition if you're talking about potential you're looking at physical attributes jabari is damn near six six eleven um you're talking about a guy that could shoot could switch out on defense guard probably at some point he's going to be guarding one through five um and you know the, you know the shooting isn't great but but you know the defensive potential the shot making from from different spots on the floor is what's great right his shot diet when it's when it's right when his shot diet is healthy he's going to be a scary player so that is what that potential looks looks like and then Alperen Shangoon um I you know I think they dock him for his height and some of the defensive limitations but just he's just on this list purely off of offense and I think the defense is a bit oversold as far as how people say how bad he is I think he's just a young guy he's a young guy that's figuring it out and that's going to get better so you know him being ahead of 
um, Onyeke Okongwu and uh, Nick Claxton to me does, is, is kind of dumb because honestly, it's not really saying anything. I would just say the list started at LP. I think Walker Kessler should not be number seven. I think Alpernis should be in front of him. Um, you know, I think six and seven for uh, for Alperin and, and Jabari is, is perfectly fine with me. I'm okay with Evan Mobley. I think Jaron Jackson Jr. has already shown better potential than him. I think Jaron has a lot to add to his game. And then Chet, you know, Chet, Zion, and Wemby, you know, those are self-explanatory. Um, so, you know, the question then is like, what does, you know, Jabari's potential look like? What does Alpi's potential look like? I think we've gotten glimpses of this a little bit this season. If you think about it, a lot of, you know, what we saw against uh, uh, from from our guys under Coach Silas was them like, you know, I've said this a million times. These are guys being used out of position, not being able to play to their strengths. And we saw flashes of them being good at certain things, but just not enough to really draw any major conclusions from them. But but you do get to kind of, you know, if you want to talk about potential, if these things were to increase in frequency and you scale up based on their base skill set, what they already do well, then you can see how a guy like Jabari Smith Jr., for example, can can become uh, maybe not like a LeBron type star, but can be a, a star player in the NBA, a guy that is known and scouted for around the league. Um, and if you guys remember, this is me from day one, and I'm going to keep saying this till it happens. You know, what I mean, Jabari is going to end up being a tweener four and five right a lot of people see him scaling down to a three i think he can play the three i just don't see that as his his like as he grows and his body fills in that three is going to be real tough for him to sustain on a on on a, on long stretches i think he can be out on the perimeter garden uh shooting guards and point guards and uh and small forwards in spots, right? In spots. But I liked how he was used in summer league where um, he was used as the five uh, on defense guarding, uh, you know, like when they played Detroit, he was guarding Duran and Wiseman, you know, him and, and uh, the other big, uh, I think Huff was still playing at that point. But they, he was, you know, he was switching out on that. And that's exactly the vision I see for Jabari. That's exactly the vision I see from Jabari. And I'm pairing that with what I've seen from Alp in, in his, uh, in the Turkish games uh, that they were playing in their tournaments uh for the olympics uh friendlies and, and and this is what allows me to see what they can become as a duo because i see that you know both of them actually complement each other very well both on offense and on defense uh, and speaking of you know if we want to look at some of the things that jabari does do well um it's simply put i think the the best place that he's shown an affinity to become uh just a player that we think he can be is in a post up and this goes back to what i was you know saying earlier i think he's going to be a four slash five i think that's as his body feels out this is where he's going to be and i think where he gets his his skewing the defense is not going to be from him hitting just a million threes now the three-pointer is going to be there i'm still not worried about his shot even though he hasn't shot well to this point in his nba career the three-pointer is going to be there i'm not worried about that but i think that just him spacing the floor as a three-point shooter isn't going to be good enough for him to reach his potential what you want to see is how can jabari draw a double team how can he draw a double team and to me the only way i see him drawing a double team is him getting in the post and using his height and high release to his advantage right and i've you know i've spoke on this before jabari is actually a really good post player right in the nba 
He's he's a good post player. This is a part of his game that actually was positive from last year. Not a lot was positive coming out of last year, but this part of his game was positive. Um, you know, he shot 49% from the post, um, you know, on field goal, his field goal percentage, percentage, which is pretty good. That's a pretty good percentage, 49% on, uh, on, on his post field goal percentage. And, and this is something that, you know, I saw, um, you know, throughout the year. And, you know, you guys know I almost went crazy asking why aren't the Rockets featuring him more in the post and in other locations. Then I found out that the coach doesn't draw plays for him. Right. So almost fell over my chair. So 49% in the post. And, and you know, I was curious just to see, like, what what are the games that Jabari has gotten the most post touches? This is Phoenix on December 2nd. He got he got four touches in a post. This is uh, Cleveland on January 26th, four touches in a post. This is Detroit on January 29th, five touches. This is Detroit again on uh, March 31st, six touches. This is uh, Denver on April 4th, seven touches. And this is Charlotte on April 7th, four touches. So when he gets more than four touches in the post, uh, um, guess what the Rockets record is? And this is in, in this sample size. It's only six games, but we're five and one. We're five and one in those games when Jabari's getting uh, more than four touches in a post. He usually hovers around one or two uh, throughout the season. But when they actually put him in that position, and I think there's two, two reasons for that. Number one is that... Um, He's not doing damage at the three point at the three point line, you know, missing a lot of shots. At the same time, in these games, a lot of times Jabari is a rhythm player, right? And guys have different ways to get in the rhythm. And it's no coincidence that some of his best box plus minuses are the games where he's actually getting a lot of touches in the post. Wow, how crazy is that? You put up a guy in position to be successful, and he actually is. So some of his best box plus minus, and this is irrelevant to a shooting uh, split from those games. In those games, he's shooting 45% from the field, only 28% uh, from three. Now keep that in mind. The shooting, the threes have not come yet. The threes have not come yet. It's those post shots. Instead of forcing him to take three uh, more threes, just to put him in a position where we know you're struggling from the three, but now we're going to put you in a spot where you can actually make a shot. In the games where he's getting more than four post touches, you know, instead of the two he gets, he's taking less threes. So in those games, he's only averaging three three-pointers a game compared to his regular season average of all his games where he's averaging five. So two less three-pointers, two more post touches. He's a different player. It impacts the team so much more. And what that tells me is that the three-point um, attempts that he's getting in some of these games is way too much. It's way too much because he's been typecast to be this 3-and-D wing when he's just a, a frail kid that is still figuring out what his, his, his skill and his niche is going to be in the NBA. I honestly think he's in the line of the old power forwards from the past, the Kevin Garnett's, Tim Duncan's, not to the extent of being like more tilted towards a big like a Tim Duncan was uh, or even a KG, to, for example, but almost like that Dirk Nowitzki, you know, that Chris Bosh kind of he's he's a big, but he's he's leaning more towards being a wing. And to me, that's his skill set there. That's the superpower. And that's going to come in that mid post. That's going to come in that mid post. So less threes for Jabari. Let the threes flow in the rhythm of a game. We know he likes to do the walk-up threes. We know he likes to, you know, get into certain spots or certain spots from the court where he's actually a decent shooter from three. But just having him jack up a bunch of threes at this point in his career to me is not ideal for his development. So I'm telling y'all, like, that is where he's going to make his money. We saw the glimpses of it in the summer league. That's where he's going to make his money. He's going to be in that mid to high post, not taking as many threes as he did last year. 
maybe this season coming up three to four threes a game should be just right for him and um i look for coach doka to try to get him integrated into the offense by running some actions to get him some mismatches how do you do that have him screening the ball like he did in summer league let him be the ball screener um when he gets uh, a smaller on him maybe you set a screen for Jalen and then you can pin Jalen's man into a into a post-up play where they have to commit a double team those are the creative ways you want to see him being used instead of just pick and pop or just spacing a corner so I think Jabari at number six on this list is is appropriate is, is definitely appropriate so for Shangoon I mean um I would have him at seven as far as like just potential um, in front of uh, Walker uh, Walker Kessler, I don't think Walker Kessler. I think Walker Kessler belongs at the top end with the uh, Nick Claxons of the world. To me, the offensive game isn't there. The Evan Mobley one, eh, you know what I mean? I, I think Evan Mobley, he's he's. I'm a, I was a big Evan Mobley guy coming out. He hasn't really impressed me that much with his career so far really disappointed in his playoff run not not even because of his scoring evan was just really disappointing on the boards he just got bullied by the knicks like they really bullied him and for me for as a, as a big man rebounding they were him and uh jared allen were just punked on the glass but that that's like I me mean, to me you don't need to be a, a 10-year vet to be a dog on the glass i mean hell the rockets were good rebounders and we sucked at everything else so for me, seeing that with 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 um, Evan Mobley, I, I don't know. I think he might be a bit higher, uh, too high on the list. I'd like to see more from him. But regardless of where Alp stands, to me, yes, he is one of the top uh, six or seven best big men that's under 25 in the NBA right now. That's not a stretch to even say. Um, and for him, his his thing is definitely going to be, you know, where does he fit within the context of the offense and how is he used? Um, if you guys have seen the video I made about, um, you know, his team's play against, uh, you know, some of those other countries and how the coach of Turkey is using him. Um, I think that's that's exactly the way that I'd like to see him being used. He doesn't have to be the guy that's you know, getting a million shots, right? He doesn't need to be taking 25 shots a game to be effective. Just involve him in the offense. And there's so many ways you could do that, whether him as a screener, him as a short roller, him in the post. And when he gets in the post, cut, right? Cut, run some off ball action to keep the defense honest. And then just let him use his skill set to dominate and do what he does. Once again, putting guys in position to be successful. Uh, one of the things like that we don't really notice how good some of the things he does is is, but Alpi is really, really good. He's good in the post. One of the better players in the NBA in the post. Um, I was looking through Synergy and saw that, you know, for players that have 300 or more post possessions um, in the NBA, it's not a lot of players that even get into that range where they're trusted enough to post up that much. Um, Alpi ranks, you know, top six if you include passes in, uh, in points per possession. Right. If this include him generating assists and things like that, and he's behind, uh, you know, you look at this list, Nikola Jokic at number one, Joel Embiid at number two, Luka at number three, Giannis at number four, Vucevic at five and Alpi at six. Now, this is a second year player on one of the worst teams in the NBA. How does he pop up on these lists? Right. It's a short list. But how did why is his name on there? Because he's really, really good at what he does. And if you look at his field, uh, field goal percentage, in the post-ups um, with including passes, he's ranks like third um, in field goal percentage. So it's really just, um, you know, leaning into that. I'm curious to see what Coach Adoka is going to do um, with that. You know, I've I've seen that the Rockets are real stubborn 
um, when it comes, well, the old regime. I don't know who that was behind. Was that Rafael Stone? Was that Coach Silas? Where they were real stubborn about what they wanted to do as a team and real rigid in their approach to that, despite not having the players. Some people call it said that was their tanking move. I honestly believe from some of the stuff I've been hearing that that is just their MO. They have a certain philosophy and they want to stick to it. To me, that's stupid. That's foolish, right? I'm going to assume that all these basketball minds they have um, that they've hired on into the organization know better and they know that you know you have to basically like uh, space always says if you're a cook man you can't make a, a steak dinner if all you got is spam right you got you got to have the right ingredients uh, to cook what you're trying to cook and you can't force something that's not there it's just short-sighted it's rigid i don't like it so my thing is that whatever your guys are good at let's figure out how we can make everybody better at the same time and i think leaning into lp his skill set as a as a post hub, a guy that you can run a lot of actions through dribble handoffs, like I said, pick and roll, short roll, initiation out of the, you know, the the, the top of the key and have him be kind of that center, that fulcrum there where guys are running off of and you're getting mismatches and generating shots. And then if, if you get Jalen looking like the star that he's looking like in the summer. Then when they start trapping Jalen, you get out in a short row. Now, now you kicking ass, right? Now you now you're kicking ass and taking names. So that is where, to me, that I want to see for him to really reach reach his full potential, um, and be the you know prospect that this Bleacher Report list thinks he can be. It has to be on the Rockets to lean into that. Will they do it? We don't know. We don't know. But I'm curious to see how him and Jabari. Because I think they really complement each other well on both ends of the court. Um, obviously, like Coach Doka says, he's a guy that looks at what he has and tries to adjust to it. I'm curious to see what is he going to do. Because I've, I'm making the assumption they're going to use a lot of stuff they do, they did in Boston, but but there's a chance that he could totally switch it up um, and you know and just run something else. And I just want to see it. I want to see what that looks like. Are they going to run a lot of split action? I think that would be great. Split action would be the best thing. Some motion. Um, and run some triangle concepts with the fact that you have two dominant post players and the triangle really works when that dominant post player like Alp is somebody that's a great passer. Then you can really go crazy with the guards and and the wings that you have on this team with the cutters, the shooters, um, the guys that can come off a screen and, and just just pull up like the Fred Van Vliet's of the world, the guy, the, the cutters with the Tari Eastons and Dylan Brooks's of the world, the rim pressures with the men Thompson's and Jalen Green's. You got the spacers with Kevin Porter Jr., hopefully Jabari Smith Jr. And, and the team is just built for that type of offense. We're going to see is it's going to be something where it's a lot of rigid stuff that's going on where they just force guys to do what they have to do. Or is there going to be a little more creativity, which has been sorely lacked on the Houston Rockets? But once again, just another reason to be excited about the season. Y'all let me know what y'all think. Are the guys appropriately ranked or are they too low, too high? Let me know in the comments and appreciate all y'all for the prayers. Um, yes, um, just want to let the Chop Shop uh, a family know we're going through a little um, thing here uh, with with my family, um, but it's all good. You know, I'm not going to d- divulge into it too too much because I'm, I'm a pretty private guy, but just, you know, appreciate all the prayers and, and the support from you guys. Definitely feeling that. And uh, yeah, man, excited for this season. Excited to talk some hoops. And y'all already know, keep rocking with the chop shop and you're going to keep dropping that fire.